This is How to Product. We make the mistakes. So you don't have to. I'm Tal. I'm Strami. And I'm Nick. Today's episode is how to gain trust when you start on a new team. See, as PMs, we don't actually have anyone who reports to us. Uh, so, or at least the team that you know, is responsible for us being successful as PMs doesn't report to us. So how we're successful as PMs is we need to have trust and credibility with the people we work with. So today's episode specifically is about you're starting on a brand new team. What are some things you can do to make sure you get those trusting relationships uh, from the beginning? Strami, I think you started most recently on a new team. Why don't you tell us a bit about what you did? Yeah, so one of the first things I did was spend a huge amount of time just meeting and building relationships, getting to know my coworkers. This included both people on my, my on my team, like engineers, designers, but also kind of more broadly throughout the organization uh, and within leadership. And this can be like a series of one-on-one meetings where you spend 30 minutes with each person and you kind of just uh, get to know them, you listen to them, you can ask questions, uh, and that can help you really strengthen and build, like start and then strengthen relationships. Yeah, I know when, when I started on a new team, I felt really awkward about some of these conversations. I was like excited to meet all of my teammates, but didn't really know what to actually talk about. And so I usually ended up um, over time starting the conversation with just a little bit about myself, uh, why I was really excited about the team, why I had joined the team, and then asking them the same questions, like how long had they been on the team? What were they excited about? What were they worried about that, about either that day or in general sort of over time for the team and the project? Yeah. Um, so, but sometimes I feel awkward asking the same questions again and again and again. Like, well, you're not that, asking the same questions to the same people again and again, right? Oh, right. So, you know, it's different people uh, where I would ask those questions to or maybe... The flip side is like if they're asking a question of me or asking my story, uh, the same story could happen to, you know, I could say it to three, four, ten different people and it's still the first time for each of them. Yeah, and I also find that the conversation naturally can go in different directions because everyone has different reasons why they're excited about the project um, or how long they've been on the team and sort of different history for getting there. And so I find that naturally they end up feeling less repetitive than they might, they might otherwise. Um, Though I do have a few questions I make sure to ask every time. So in particular for me, I try to have some that's just understanding the space, understanding the person, what they're excited about or less excited about. But I also just have some really tactical questions that I find really useful Mm -hmm. for the working relationship. Do you have any like examples of that? Yeah. So it would be things like asking, you know, are you a morning person or an Uh evening person? Um, Do you like meetings? Do you hate meetings? How early in the product development cycle do you like to get involved? I know some people really like to be involved super early on when all you sort of know is what question you might want to try to answer. And some are like, no, tell me when you have a like proposal that's ready to go and that's when I want to jump in. And so I find that getting answers from that early is, is really helpful. Yeah, one very specific question to, that touches on a lot of that you should just ask is, hey, if you've worked with a product manager before, what did you like about that? What went well? What did you appreciate that they did? And conversely, you know, what maybe have product managers in the past done that you really annoyed or you felt didn't work? And then you just have to remember what, those things. What should I avoid? <laughs> yeah, in, in what you should do. But that, that works really well. So, but how do I remember things? Like, I also feel awkward typing on my laptop when I'm supposed to be having this one-on-one conversation. Yeah, I usually, I try to avoid laptops for the most part in these conversations, unless 
they want to show you something, a, a roadmap, a, a diagram or something of the sort. And so I actually find that just jotting down notes briefly afterwards, if there's something that's, that's really hard um, or I want to make sure that I sort of keep track of is the most useful or even like a quick notepad or stickies or anything that doesn't put a screen in front of you. Because I think laptops have the unfortunate side effect that it often seems like you're distracted rather than, than engaged, which especially as you're building new relationships is particularly problematic. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you're going to write uh, notes after the meeting, make sure you give yourself enough time to write those notes without having another meeting to go to immediately. Yeah, I've definitely tried to, to master the like notes on the phone while running to a different meeting <laughs> room, which has often resulted me in, in my running into yeah. other people. <laughs> so after you've uh, kind of started building those relationships, uh, what else can happen for this trust? Like how else can we build trust? Yeah, so for me, one of the things that I really think is critical, especially in the first few few weeks on a team, is also demonstrating your dependability. Because I think as a PM, to what Nick was saying earlier, your your team isn't someone who reports to you necessarily. Yeah. Well, dependability is kind of a synonym for, for trustworthiness, trust. yes. which is yeah. the theme of the episode. <laughs> all, so. so they work well. Um, yes. Uh, and Surprise. I think especially as a, as a PM, there's a few things that you can just do right off the bat that helps establish that dependability. If someone asks you to do something, you should do it. Uh, and you need to make sure not to just do it, but also circle back once you've, once you've done it. And that also goes for if you say you'll do something, you also need to then do it. And again, circle back and make sure that they, they know it's done unless it's something that's obviously everyone knows about when complete. And I think that that's super helpful for not only demonstrating that you're, you're listening and you're doing the things that people are asking, but making sure that people can depend on you to come back and let them know when that's complete. Yeah. So committing is a big deal. You know, if you say you're going to do something by tomorrow, it needs to be done tomorrow. If you if you know that you're not going to have enough time or think that you're not going to have enough time, um, it's probably not a good idea to say you'll have it done by tomorrow because that kills your trust and your dependability by, by failing on or, that. Or update that timeline. If, yeah. if you committed to a timeline and you know it's not going to happen, it is much better to let them know that that's changed and like send the quick email that's like, actually, I won't be able to get this by tomorrow because of X, Y, or Z. Um, and but I will still get to this and make sure that yeah don't that's you, yeah don't the, you the, have the, the phrase the phrase yeah the phrase I've heard before is it's okay to drop the balls just let someone know you're going to drop the balls yeah <laughs> yeah but so with uh, dependability there's also this other something I guess that I have also found is really useful here is uh, actually telling people what you stand for so if you actually believe that it's important for a working relationship um, and something that you've pride yourself in is being dependable, you know, getting what you say done, uh, doing it promptly. You should tell people that that's what's important to you. Um, there's a couple reasons. One is, you know, you, you set up that it's okay for people to call you out if you, if it doesn't happen because you've set what your actual standards and values are. And two, it also just makes it really clear to people that this is what is important to you. And so that's what you kind of, people know you by. Yeah, and that's actually really nice if you've taken the time to build the, the relationships and then you're giving them details on the the skills or the the type of PM that you want to be early on that you can sort of rely on those those relationships that you've built to demonstrate that dependability. So once you have hopefully the, the strong relationships and the dependability, what are some other things that you all find really useful when you get started? So another thing that I always look for is what are like small things I can do for the team that help them? Uh, so when you, when you first come in, you have no context. So you're obviously not going to be doing anything, you know, really big or important for the team, but there's a lot of 
you know, small or annoying things that you could help alleviate. So the type of things I look at are, are the engineers, for instance, doing something that they absolutely hate that you could take off their like take off take off their backs for instance like responding to customer support emails or sending out weekly snippets uh, you should take those things over uh, some other things um, for instance like the, the team is doing a cool project or just had a launch you can kind of promote that in the in the company you know you can make some cool collateral you could write something up you can make posters and you can kind of let everyone know about the team's work yeah that's a great point and this is also an opportunity to kind of continue to demonstrate uh, your personal brand a little bit. And there's a difference between well, kind I of like, a rambling... I like that phrase, personal brand. Personal brand. <laughs> uh, a rambling, uh, you know, a rambling thread in email versus like a neat set of bullet points that kind of clearly communicate what's needed. And so, you know, some of these early uh, things that you can be doing for the team are like mm-hmm. summarizing or like taking the stuff that's actually out there already and just like packaging it in a way that makes the team feel really good about it and really sure about kind of everything they're doing. I, I think actually you just had a very interesting point that kind of went with what Tal was saying, that one way you actually show and demonstrate like, like dependability is actually in how well organized and how neat your like notes or emails or anything else you're producing actually is. Yeah, there's a very interesting uh, correlation between dependability and organization. And I think they go very closely hand in hand. Uh, but I think one of the other pieces that I just want to dig into a little bit with the types of tasks that you take on um, when you start is I think a lot of the examples you gave uh, across the board are are things that are are working with the the team's current roadmap and the team's mm-hmm. current efforts. And I think one thing that's really important as you just get started is to make sure that you're focusing on uh, learning from the team and their existing plans rather than coming in and immediately feeling like you need to produce new ideas or take the team in a new direction. And you very well might need to uh, take the team in a new direction, but I think early on it's very important to make sure you're spending the time listening more so than shifting the team's, team's focus. Because uh, it can be really hard otherwise, and it can feel like you're stepping on the team's toes, or like you don't have enough context to make those correct yeah. decisions. And you know, sometimes you might notice that maybe you're in a meeting, and it's clear that the team is struggling to make a decision, or something like that, or needs to make make a decision to move forward. There's a difference between uh, you as this new PM making that decision, um, and maybe stepping on toes in the process because you don't really understand all the context versus sort of identifying the need for a decision. And then you can kind of follow that up by asking questions about like, uh, that help dig in a little deeper and like help the team collectively to uh, to move forward here. For, for instance, like I, I have this go-to set of questions when I actually know nothing about the project, but obviously this decision needs to be made. Like you can ask, what is the better user experience? What is easier technically? What will lead to less support volume? You know, like you can kind of just run through these very generic questions and they just force the team to think about things from some different angles and you can just point out what sounds reasonable to try to get people to a decision. Right. And so the context here is this is maybe when you feel like uh, so that the team needs to go in slightly a different direction or needs to make a decision. This also can come all the way back to the building relationships when you're one-on-one. You can do a similar thing where you start to ask questions about like, well, how did we get here? Like, why, like, did we consider this other thing? And you might start to find that the team has done a whole bunch more homework um, before that helps inform you. And, and maybe even if you feel like they're going in the wrong direction, 
it's because they tried this other direction that you're thinking of, uh, they just discovered it didn't work for some reason. Um, or maybe the team will start to recognize, oh, maybe we should go to in this other direction and start thinking about some of this. Yeah, it's like facilitating both the conversation and the, the decision-making that needs to happen if it needs to happen, I think is an incredibly big value add that you can give to the team, especially earlier on. Yeah, the, in, yeah I think this is something you've point out a lot tall is that ultimately you shouldn't be just a facilitator like uh, uh, products need to have product owners need to have someone who's responsible in making a decision so eventually you, you'll get to there but that's not where you are the first month or two yeah absolutely I, first month or two is all about learning is learning as much as you can yeah for sure i think as a as a product manager you definitely don't want to stay in that facilitator sp- facilitator mm-hmm. space um but early on uh, moving out of that facilitator space too early can be challenging um, and can be detrimental to the team's um, working style and sort of collaboration. And so, Nick, to your point, I think learning is one of the, the key things that you should be should be doing, whether it's from uh, the relationships uh, that you that you're building um, or from from your teammates in team meetings or other settings. And another way that you can. Uh, kind of spend time helping solve small problems is sometimes there's a little bit more context or a tool you need to learn where you might not know how to solve that. You can just see that it's a problem. Uh, One thing you can do in those cases is to ask uh, the person who's the expert to sit down with you and to spend time kind of pairing with them and learning that tool. Um, That allows you to learn more effectively, but also allows you then the next week or uh, the next day to kind of like try your own version of that uh, to to help maybe take that off their plate uh, if it's something that's annoying or to to improve on it a little a little bit. Yeah, because what we've said that the whole point of what we're talking about, right, is how to 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 build trust with your team. And I also think that just the actual act of being curious about someone's job and wanting to understand how it works and how it fits into everything also is very important for building that trust. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and it's it's great to take advantage of the time that you do have when you're new and mm-hmm. the, the state that you're in, right? When you're new, you have free reign to ask every question. You always have free reign to ask every yeah. question, but especially when you're new, it can feel a lot easier to do that because no one assumes any context, right? They assume that sort of you're new to the space. And you should absolutely take advantage of that so that you can build those really, really strong relationships and have the information you need to help with that relationship sort of going forward across the team. Yes. So I think we're almost out of time and I kind of wanted to just try to like recap some of these things oh, sure. and yeah. understand it. So it's like, it, because we talked about a lot of very tactical things, but it's really, it's about developing. So how do you gain trust with the new team? It's about developing respectful relationships with everyone. It's about having like a humble learning attitude. It's about making yourself useful as quickly as you can in the appropriate way. Uh, it's about being dependable. So when you say th- you're going to do things, that you'll yeah. do them. That builds trust uh, immediately and then continues to build it over time. Yeah, and facilitating and helping the team early on so you're building the groundwork to lead the product moving forward. Cool. Yeah, great. So I think we're out of time now, but this is uh, building trust on a new team, and this is how to product. Thanks. <laughs>